You're listening to the Speechy Side Up podcast, and today I'm joined by SLP and author Danielle Kent. In this episode, we discuss her view on how alignment and leadership are connected, strategies to better connect and communicate with others, and supporting parents to understand and follow through with co-regulation. You're listening to the Speechy Side Up podcast. This podcast will cover the flip side of traditional speech and language therapy, so you get inspired and learn from experts in the field. Here is your host, author, AAC specialist, and matcha tea lover, Vanita Litvak. She and her guests are serving up some informative and fun topics in Speechy Side Up. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Speechy Side Up podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment. You can also follow along on Instagram at Speechy Side Up. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today, I'm joined by the SLP and author, Danielle Kent. Danielle is passionate about watching other SLPs grow and succeed in the field by finding alignment and becoming leaders. Recently, she has become focused on the areas of regulation and co-regulation due to a personal experience that she'll share about. Hey, Danielle, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do today, and how you got there? Yeah. Hey, Vanita, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I am super excited to be able to chat with you um, and to be able to connect a little bit more. And I love your podcast, so this is a double benefit for me. Um, So I am a private practice speech-language pathologist, so I own my own business, Peace of Mind Therapy and Consulting, LLC. Um, And I have worked, so I'm in, I was just trying to do the math, actually. I don't know if you ever do this, but I try and do the math often when people ask me how long I've been an SLP for, and I have to to go back in my mind. So I'm in my eighth year, going into my ninth year of being an SLP, and I have worked in so many different settings over the last eight years. Um, And so if, you know, just a side note, whenever new grads are feeling stressed about how to find their way, I'll give them the example of me and I'll say, you don't always know the answer right right out of the gate for where you're going to find yourself in the field. So I've worked in a hospital, I've worked in um, a skilled nursing facility, I've worked in middle high schools and elementary schools, I've worked in a clinic. um, And then finally, over the last three years, I really have settled into private practice. Um, and, and people always say, well, when did you jump? And I jumped probably at the least likely moment you would have thought. I started being in a private practice SLP two months after my second child, my son was born. And it really came from feeling like I really not needed to start kind of finding fulfillment or what I'll talk about later in the show is alignment and finding really want, where I wanted to be in the field, essentially. Um, and so two months after having my son, I jumped into private practice and um, over the last couple of years, I've worked really hard to find exactly where I find myself aligning in our field. Because as you know, our field is so huge. There's so many different areas. So I've worked really hard over the last couple of years to kind of figure out where exactly I want to go. And I'm really super psyched about kind of these recent areas that I find myself in. I love that. And I, I appreciate you sharing that you, you know, have been in multiple settings and you found your way into private practice. And now you've been doing that for three years. So it sounds like something that you enjoy, um, but it also gives you that freedom to pursue other interests as well, which we're going to talk about later today. So I thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. What was starting the private practice like, especially since you had just had your second son? 
what was the process of setting it up, finding clients? Was it stressful or did your passion kind of lead the way? That's such a good question. I think, so, you know, I always tell SLPs because I find the more I advance in my business and the more I kind of take steps, more people are curious. And I love that. You know, I really love talking with people and, and supporting them to find where they're going to go in the field and beyond. It was so overwhelming at first because I don't feel like there's clear cut information on exactly what to do when you start your own business. There's a lot of overwhelming factors. Um, and for me, my case was unique in that my husband also owns his own business. So we had to figure out a lot of the other factors like health insurance and, and um, you know, short-term, long-term disability and just looking at all of those factors. And so I actually hired a business coach to support me through a lot of that stuff and things to think about. And that's one thing I so highly recommend in our field is, you know, looking for resources and creating resources so that we can kind of network and support one another. Um, Cause it was, it wasn't overwhelming to me at first to think about, finding the clients or attracting the clients that I wanted, but it was overwhelming to think about a lot of the business facets because I don't have a business degree. And I'm sure you've had this before, Benita, but imposter syndrome is so real in our field. And for me, it, it became especially more real when I opened my bit or when I started my business, because I had this little nagging voice that was like, you don't have a business degree. You don't know how to do a profit loss sheet, like just all of those voices. So, you know, that could have stopped me but I chose not to let it stop me. And I chose to hire the business coach. I chose to really take courses. So that's always been the biggest thing for me. Whenever I hear that voice lately of like, you don't know how to do this. I now know to say, stop, like you can find a way. We're in the year 2020. We can find a way. There's so many great resources. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And along those same lines, I know you're really passionate about helping SLPs grow. So can you tell me more about how you help others find alignment within our field and discover their passion? Yeah. And so alignment for me, when people ask to define it, alignment is really kind of checking in and figuring out where do you feel yourself lining up and feel like passionate, super passionate about the work, feel like you're making a difference, feel like you enjoy doing the work. And our field is so big that oftentimes SLPs don't get the chance to really explore where they line up, where they find themselves really enjoying it. You know, we're asked to be generalists in our field. We're asked to know everything about everything. And it's a huge weight. Um, and I think when I've been able to see SLPs who, who are in schools or even the hospital, when they're able to kind of find one or two areas that they really want to niche down in or niche down in tomato, tomato, however you want to say it, mm -hmm. they can kind of find themselves building a little bit of a fire that they can find themselves becoming, you know, experts in that area. And I find what my experience has been is that when SLPs or, you know, therapists and educators, when they can find that one or two areas that they really feel themselves growing and developing confidence in, they develop this excitement and this joy that's really unparalleled. Um, and I, I identified it myself when I got more into teaching and doing more coaching and consulting, I was super excited. That's how I knew, ah, I'm in alignment with these things. And I'm going to tell you, there is no greater joy for me than seeing an SLP who may have been on the brink of burnout, kind of find themselves sliding into something where they really feel joy and feel the excitement and then are able to become leaders in that area. Um, and I know I, I talked a little bit about this with you, but I am just super passionate about, you know, kind of building others up in our field to become leaders um, and really experts in specific areas. Because our field is so big, we can use so many different experts in our field to support the, the many different areas. Yeah, great point. 
So I'm curious, how are you kind of manifesting that? Because I know when you and I spoke and talked about the publishing process, you were definitely guiding me and, you know, encouraging me to maybe do a course in book publishing. Um, So I'm curious how you're doing that with other SLPs. Is it just like on a, you know, talk, like when you're talking with them or are you actually like providing those type of services? Yeah, that's such a good question. I bounce back and forth. You know, I kind of do it. I love doing it on the fly. And my friends, my good friends know my my entrepreneur alignment brain starts going because I'll start asking questions about certain things or being like, have you ever thought about it this way or this way? But actually this November, so um, I'm kind of been in this last year of a huge pivot in my business. So I'm moving from being on the ground a lot, doing a lot of groundwork, um, doing, going into the schools. I'm really shifting to do, to step out of being on the ground and doing, I want to hire for my business and doing more of uh, some of the other areas that I really want to do in creation. So I'm actually creating a monthly leadership group for therapists and educators where we can hop on monthly and we can talk about either, you know, do you want to grow within your field? Do you want to grow um, more specifically and own your own business, but offering a chance for people to come together because I'm really about connection. I feel like there's a lot of silos in our fields and we aren't able to connect a whole lot. So I'm about, I'm really excited to bring therapists and educators together and talk about how we can rise up as leaders. And so that's what I'm really excited for. And that's going to start this coming November, which, you know, it's again, totally alignment because whenever I talk about it, I, I literally want to keep talking about it and I have to be mindful and just say, give just the right amount of information. Yeah, I love that. It's such a good point. Like when you're really passionate about something, you realize you can't stop talking about it. I catch myself doing that with a couple of projects that I'm working on or thinking about doing. So it's great that you recognize that as well. Yes, for sure. So I'm curious, what are your tips to help SLPs better connect and collaborate? That's connection. Like I I had mentioned to you in in an email and when we had last talk, the word connection, like meaningfully connecting comes up for me a lot in today's world. Um, I think in this area, this era of social media and, um, you know, a lot of online communication, true connection where we can actually really connect with one another and say, hey, how are you doing? How are you really doing? You know, because I feel like a lot of the times we say, hey, how are you? Good fine. Okay. But really stepping in meaningfully connecting Uh, a couple of months ago, a newer SLP. I just, I just had this sense. I just wanted to email and say, Hey, how are you? Um, And they actually wrote back and they were like, Hey, things are going okay. And I wrote a follow-up email and said, tell me, you know, just, I left it pretty open, but you know, tell me more, you know, how are your days? How are you, how do you feel like you're handling the schedule and not really trying to probe, but just wanting to make sure they knew that I really did want to know how they were beyond the surface level. How are you? And um, the email back was really just reinforcement to me that I think when you actually really open up the door and say, no, how, how are you really, how are you managing the different areas of scheduling and report writing that people are oftentimes really struggling a lot more than we know, or really dealing with a lot more than we know about. And so I have been really focused on, you know, all the consulting work I do when I go into schools, I'm there for the kids. And then I'll almost always wrap up and I'll just say, how are you doing? You know, tell me about you. How are things going? And you know, when my teenagers come in for sessions, when I see them, the first thing I say is tell me about you. What's new in your world? Um, And kind of creating that connection first and really sitting and being present and listening to what they're sharing with me. 
Oh, I love that. Such a good point. So do you have people who are currently working for you? I know that's your goal, but do you have anybody currently working for you? Not yet. I'm, I'm looking to, so I, I'm writing up the job description now and I've been working, I'm just kind of dealing with some of the logistics of hiring again, imposter, imposter syndrome when I met with my account, accountant and he kind of walked me through, here's what you need to do here, are all the steps. It felt super overwhelming. And I, the analogy of feeling like a balloon that had been deflated after that meeting, I was like, Ooh, there it goes. But after that meeting, I kind of like pet myself back up. I, you know, I reached out to a couple um, people who had hired and, and just again, connecting and making resources, but I am looking to hire um, and I'll probably be looking to hire within the next month to secure for the next school year. Okay. Well, best of luck. I think, you know, <laughs> it's so true. There's certain people that you talk to who really know to, how to take the wind out of your sails. Um, but then you have other people you speak to who get you all fired up. So just make sure you're kind of speaking to everybody um, because some people are just pragmatists and uh, they're going to yeah. tell you the worst possible scenario, but I think you'll be amazing. And I imagine that's a really great way for you to empower other SLPs through supervision. Yes. And you know, I always, so I am leadership for me. And, and you know, Vanita, I always trust my gut that whenever I'm intuitively called to something, that that means it's going to come up sometime in my future. And so leadership, a couple of years ago, I think 2015, I did a, um, there was a leadership experience in Vermont, and I believe it's nation, nationwide. It's called LEND, Leadership, Educations, and Neurodevelopmental Disabilities. And I'll send you the link for it. Um, okay. it's, called, it's called VT LEND. Um, and it really taught a lot of leadership skills. It taught a lot about cultural and linguistic diversity. And I felt called to do that program. And I, I couldn't tell you honestly why, but I felt called to do it. And that sparked this interest for me um, for leadership. And so I have just really become interested in becoming a true leader. And leader, leader for me means regardless of where I stand, you know, I'm not the quote unquote boss, but I wanna inspire others to do the best they can do. That's what I'm really about. And so by hiring, I want to work with people to support them to become the best SLPs that they can be. Yeah, I love that. Are you feeling burnout at work or wondering what comes next? Maybe you feel stuck in your career and you're ready to make a change. My friend, you deserve a career that makes you feel fulfilled, inspired, and excited to wake up in the morning. I've experienced burnout multiple times over my career, but I'm finally fulfilled with the work I'm doing for Speechy Side Up. I had this huge rush of overwhelming gratitude the other day when I realized I've been doing this for almost two years now, and I still get so excited to do podcast interviews, create resources, and pursue new goals. I used to cry a lot when I felt like my identity and career didn't match up. Then I started listening to books and podcasts and discovered strategies that helped me figure out my passion and how to align my career with it. Thinking back, I wish there was a mentor I could have spoken with or a course that I could have taken to guide me in realizing my why quicker since I spent such a long time feeling stuck. That's why I asked my friend Devin Rossillo, a guest on this podcast, if I could help spread the word about her Elevate SLP course. This course is about elevating your life and erasing your limitations. It shows you how to tackle your personal and professional growth and development without it being scary and leads you toward fulfillment. If you're ready to make a change, then go to bit.ly slash the empowered SLP to learn more. You can keep doing the same thing and wonder why you feel unmotivated and burnout. 
Or you can use the strategies in this course to get clarity, direction, and a step-by-step guide to making awesome professional goals. So we're going to pivot a little bit here because I know that you are in the works of writing a book. You have been specializing in the areas of co-regulation and self-regulation or versus self-regulation. So I'd like to know, how are you supporting parents to understand and follow through with co-regulation? Yes. So first of all, I, when when you described me as an author in the intro, I was like, yes, (laughs) I have been calling my, I'm really trying to step into being the person that I am before it's quote unquote official. Yeah. Um, but so, um, backstory, my, I have two kids, a daughter who's six and a half and a son who's two and a half. And my son, um, has, you know, I, I a lot of people say this about second children or boys, but he has so much more energy and emotional intensity than my daughter ever had. And so about six, seven months ago, like right around the time he turned two, I noticed a lot of struggles with communication and, and, and regulation. And he is what I would describe as, you know, functionally verbal. He has, you know, I've done language samples on him because that's what SLPs do when you become parents sometimes is you analyze <laughs> your children's speech and language. So he has the, the functional communication skills, but the emotional regulation seemed harder for him than it did my daughter. It seemed like his feelings would just kind of wave over him faster. Um, and it was kind of like, it's kind of like a fast storm um, in observing him. It's just like a, 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 a lightning storm that comes across quickly. It passes quickly but it's fast and furious. And it just, it's, you can see it. It's just hard processing transitions and things like that. And so I felt like I was struggling to really support him and know how to support that. And so I started reading a lot of different books. Dan Siegel has a lot of different books, like the whole brain child. And I started diving more into that area. And it just, just, again, intuitively, I, I got called to that area and I trusted that it would, you know, lead me somewhere. And it really started this whole research area for me on regulation, co-regulation versus self-regulation. Self-regulation for me, I define as when we're really asking a child to become independently able to manage their thoughts, feelings, and behaviors across context versus co-regulation, which is what we really need to do as parents, caregivers, supporting professionals when kids are young and regulating with them. So kind of sitting with them when they're having a hard time versus saying, okay, you need to go to your corner and calm down, sitting with them, listening and acknowledging. And I'm going to tell you the difference for me when I started doing that has been so powerful. The ability to kind of sit with him, acknowledge his feelings and just be present with him while the storm passes. And then afterwards we can talk about it. Wow. That's so interesting. I don't know if you heard our latest episode, but I had, um, another guest who's actually studying this from a research standpoint, but I really love some of the strategies that she has been studying to see if they're effective. One of the things that she has added to her regular therapy routine is putting like a regulation scale in her soap notes, which I thought was brilliant because you can really see from week to week what caused them to be at a, a more regulated state. So I thought that was really clever, but I love that. Do you have any other like strategies that you've learned about that you'd like to share? So um, I also listened to that podcast, amazing podcast. And I actually reached out to the SLP afterwards and I was like, I want to be able to hang out with you. <laughs> things she said, I was like, yes. Um, so it was really exciting to hear that. Um, so other strategies. So I, um, any of, so there's kind of two, two folds to me for this approach is really being able to be present with our kids. So a lot of people have, or a lot of parents have an old story playing that 
loving your kid when they're having a hard time means you're spoiling them. And the truth is, you know, when you support your child by saying you understand they're having a hard time. So let's say, you know, you know, my son wants another episode of Paw Patrol and I'm like, sorry, bud, it's time for bed. And, you know, he had it in his mind that he really wanted to watch another episode. You know, I think we all can empathize when we really thought something was going to happen and it doesn't happen, but that can be really disappointing. So he might have a really hard time. Maybe he'll sit down, start crying. I have two choices there. I could just get frustrated that he's having a hard time, or I can sit and be present with him and just say, hey, bud, I'm really sorry. I know you wanted to watch that Paw Patrol. I'm not gonna turn the Paw Patrol on in response to that behavior, but I'm gonna say, hey, I'm with you in this. I hear you. It's frustrating when, you, when things don't happen the way you thought it would be, and meaningfully really connecting with him and kind of being with him in that moment. It really reestablishes and a lot of the brain wiring work they've done, it establishes that kids develop the pattern of understanding, I'm lovable even when I'm having a hard time. Um, I'm, you know, my mom and my dad or my, my grandma, my grandpa, whoever the caregivers are, they will still love me even if I'm having a hard time. It doesn't mean I'm gonna get what I, what I was crying for or what I you know, wanted, but it does mean that I'm lovable and that they're gonna still be with me even when things are hard. I love that so much. I can imagine how that helps build like self-confidence and how that'll carry out through their life. That's amazing. Yes. And you know, it applies for us as well as professionals, right? So if we're with a, with a student who's having a hard time acknowledging like, Hey, that stinks. And just being able to just sit with them. You know, Brene Brown has an awesome video on empathy. If, I don't know if you've ever watched it before. No. I, I highly recommend it. It's a great video. And I actually showed it in nearly all my workshops. But just kind of coming on the level with somebody and just, just being with them and just saying, this stinks. You know, I'm, I'm here with you. And not trying to fix it or make it better or cover it up, but just kind of sitting with somebody. Again, the power of connection, just being with somebody and really meaningfully connecting. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's going to be a really good takeaway for the listeners. Um, but before we wrap up, I'd like to get to know you a little bit better, although I've had the chance to speak with you prior to this, um, but at least the listeners will get to know you a little bit better. Yes. So I always ask this question, if you have any good stories or therapy fails that you want to share. <laughs> yes. I feel like we all do, right? It's, and, and it also like establishes the connection of the human within us that we all have these really funny stories, but the one that immediately popped to mind was um, probably four years ago, I, I did my first work with high schoolers. Uh, up to that point, I had really worked with um, elementary school students, and it was at a, a placement, so I went to visit this group, and I had planned for the session. I had like brought materials, and I had planned, and I basically got laughed out of the room. They were like, who are you? Why are you bringing materials? <laughs> and so it just reminded me of that rapport building and connection building always comes first. And so now when I go into a session, um, I'll have, you know, with younger kids, I'll have, you know, materials, but nothing structured planned to start off with because that connection happens first. Getting to know the student, the teen, whoever it is, getting to know them first is my top priority. Um, and then I have had so many, so many different, I don't want to call them, you know, fails. I always say first attempt in learning. That's what I call a fail. <laughs> I have had so many attempts in learning where it didn't turn out the way I thought it did, but I will always remind myself and I teach my daughter like that, that your attempts in learning are how you get better at things. And if you're never willing to try, you're never going to really get better. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I've never heard that before. First attempt in learning. I wrote it down. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the next question is what are three things that you can't work without? 
Yeah. So my, for me, for sure, is definitely a whiteboard and markers. So I do a, I am a low prep, no prep therapist, and I have massive love for the amazing um, creations that our fellow SLPs and therapists and educators do. I just myself find myself oftentimes running on the fly. If a student's having a hard time, I will pop in with a whiteboard and I'll kind of do some supporting visuals or write things down or start a comic strip conversation on the fly. And so I, like, I always have <laughs> whiteboard and markers somewhere close by to me. Um, and I say it fuels my staples habit because I love going to staples to get materials. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Um, I also love pens and highlighters, again, staples. Again, I find myself doing a lot of writing on the fly, just grabbing a piece of paper and drawing or writing. So anything that enables me to quickly draw and write on the fly is, is where I'm at. Um, and my last thing is probably my iPad Pro, which is several years old, but um, I have the GoodNotes app. And I find I pull a lot of screening materials onto that so I can write on it on the fly for screening. So I'd say those are my three things. Oh my goodness. I am so with you. I'm actually writing in my good notes app right now. Yes. It's the best. It's the best. I know. <laughs> Highly recommend it. I, I always feel like I'm like, everybody get the good notes app. Wasn't it such a difficult learning curve in the beginning? And it, now it's habit, but in the beginning I'm like, do I do paper? Do I do this? My iPad's not charged. And now I just charge it like my phone so that it's ready to go the next day. Yes. And somebody, I don't know if you know this, somebody a couple weeks ago showed me there's a different kind of screen protector you can get that actually feels like paper, like you're <gasps> writing on paper. No, I didn't know this. You have to I, tell me more about it. I, I know. I'm going to find it. I've been debating. It's in my, it's sitting in my Amazon cart. Um, and so I've been debating getting it just to give it a try because I got to feel it and it was awesome. That's cool. Yeah. I'll have to definitely check that out. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. So what do you do? What do you enjoy doing outside of work? Um, so I really do love spending time with my family um, and just kind of being present with my kids one of the one of the really big benefits of doing my business and owning my business is that I really try and create a schedule where I can be really intentional about my time and be present with my kids and pick them up and and be there for events. Um, and then I also really like to like working out is one of my big stress relievers. Um, and so I have a Peloton. I believe you do too, if I remember. Yeah. <laughs> And so I just got that in December and that's been huge for me being able to fit in quick workouts all the time. Um, but I also do teach fitness classes. So I'm a spinning instructor and I'm a Les Mills instructor. And so teaching classes also is a huge, it's a fun area for me um, to just go teach a class and inspire others and work out with others. It's really fun for me. Wow. I had no idea that you do that too. You have a lot of, you wear a lot of hats, girl. I do. I do wear a lot of <laughs> When do you teach? Is it like weekly? So I just recently stepped away from full-time teaching because I found myself with everything going on with the business. That was really where I felt myself called to. So now I'm a sub and I love that. You know, they'll, they'll say, Hey, can you teach this date? And I'll say either yes or no. Um, but I love just being able to pop in and teach a class and just get fired up. And it just, it, that's one thing that just really does bring me great joy. That's awesome. How cool. I feel like to be a spin instructor, you have to have a ton of energy <laughs> and a great play playlist in mind. Yes, a great playlist. And I know I often, a lot of my 
I don't know, the, the power to speak while you're working out. And I'll have to, I'll often have people come up to me afterwards and say like, how do you talk while you're working out so hard? And really it's a lot of conditioning. It's conditioning over the years of doing it. Cause it, when you're out of breath and you're working at your max, being able to coach others is a skill, but a skill I think being an SLP also helps me have. Yeah, that, that's definitely something I wonder about. Cause I'll be doing the Peloton and they're like giving you like this very thoughtful quote. And I'm like, how did you just come up with that? And like, yeah. we are doing resistance at 50 and cadence at a hundred, like what? You're like, I don't know. I can't even breathe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Um, last thing, what is one piece of advice you would tell your younger self? I, and I still tell myself this now is you don't need to know the exact steps to get to where you're going. Um, it, it won't be clear. And I think that when I was, you know, first getting into private practice, I had a lot of angst about not knowing exactly how to get to where I wanted to go, but things have slowly unfolded exactly as they're meant to be. Um, and so trusting that the path will become clear as you go versus seeing it from the start. Um, if, if I could really have told myself that from the beginning, I believe I would have saved myself a lot of angst in the interim. Yeah. Oh, such a great piece of advice. Well, this has been amazing. If people are not familiar with you, where can they find and connect with you? Yeah. So my, I just got, my website is actually being redesigned and it's launching soon. So daniellekent.com is where everything's going to be housed in terms of the monthly memberships and the parent supports and the professional leadership groups. All that's going to be on the website. Um, but you can also find me on Instagram. I have two separate accounts um, for my business stuff, my more businessy stuff. So at Peace of Mind Consulting, P-I-E-C-E of Mind Consulting is where I share a lot of the parent and professional regulation tips. And at the Align Professional is where I share a lot more of the leadership and alignment information. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Danielle. I can't wait to see what happens with your book and your group. So definitely keep us in the loop. And until next time. For sure. Thanks so much, Vanita. All right. Bye-bye. Before we go, I wanted to see if you like listening to these episodes every week. Do you want to keep hearing from these awesome guests? And do you love that you can learn the helpful resources and tips for free? My editor, aka my sister, and I spend a lot of time every week putting these episodes together so that they can be ready for you on Wednesday mornings. We would love it so much if you would take a screenshot of this episode and share it on social media or leave a positive review. And guess what? Every month, I will choose one reviewer to win a little thank you gift. You can choose from a product in my TPT store, an AAC coaching call, or gift card. It's the least I can do to show how much I appreciate your support. It's because of you that this podcast keeps going.